so tired of being sick. Hey everybody, it's Put Em On The Glass Podcast and I'm your host James. Uh, today we've grown, we're going to talk about ADAS. Damon's going to take over the uh, co-hosting today. So uh, we're going to have some go- a good show. It may turn into two. We're not sure. We're not sure where this is going to go. But today's show is brought to you by the uh, ProSet distributor, Drift Chris. He has all parts and products in stock to ship within two weeks. At the end of the show, there will be advertisement for him, or you can just hit him up on uh, Facebook, you know, Drift Chris. He's in all the groups. Um, but at the end of the uh, show, there will be more uh, information for that. Just uh, get ready to hit him up and uh, enjoy today's show about ADAS. Hey guys, good morning. This is Damon from Put Em On The Glass Podcast. Uh, Today we are going to do a little break off and go down a different road and jump on some ADAS topics. Uh, Today I wanted to bring on someone that kind of um, got me going in the industry back a few years ago. So uh, I called my boy Brandon Miller. Brandon, how are you, buddy? Doing good. Good morning. Good. Thanks, buddy. Hey, thanks for coming on again. We really, really appreciate it. Um, Absolutely. And, and and kind of like we said off air, man, let's just let's let's just dig in, man. We uh, we're super excited about this show and we hope that um, it, it brings some light to some things and we can start some really good topics, not only within our podcast, but just man in the industry, because, you know, we talk about it a lot, but we really feel like um, glass as a whole and ADAS as a whole really needs a new direction, I guess. James, would you would you concur on that? I, I think that... Um, More just the, stable, like, understanding. There's too many, just like with yeah. installation procedures, there's too many out avenues to go down, but as long as you have a base of what is right and what is wrong, you can kind of go with it from there. Yeah, I got you. Yep. So I guess, Brandon, let's just start off, man. Introduce yourself and, and uh, let's just go. Yeah. Uh, Brandon Miller, uh, based out of St. Louis Metro here in the Midwest. <clears throat> Got started in ADOS about six and a half years ago uh, with a local glass company I was with. Uh, started out with the good old OptiAim, moved into Autel. And then finally moved on to uh, uh, distribution. So I worked at Migrant Glass for the original ADOS team there. Got an opportunity to work with Autel and did some training. I was their furthest west trainer in St. Louis. So I covered pretty much St. Louis to the coast. And got a great opportunity with Launch. Worked with them for a couple of years. And finally, April of last year, started my own business here uh, doing local calibrations as well as uh, consulting. Nice. So I think you trained me and my brother back in July of 2020. Yes. Uh, on the Autel back here at Migrant. And that was probably your, your stint during, during that time you were doing the Migrant thing with Autel. Yes. So with the whole team, I think the whole team was actually at that training. It would have been probably three or four trainers there. Yeah, yeah, it was a pretty good sized class. I think we did like a two day, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. two day course. Yeah, yeah. So that was kind of like my intro into the into the calibration world. Um, and you said some things back then. I think that really have kind of always stuck with me that I think um, are hot topics. But we'll 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 delve into that. But so what got you? You said you worked for a, a glass company doing calibrations. Yes. So I worked for this company on and off for about three or four years. Um, was a location manager and my owner came to me he's like hey, what do you know about these calibrations like mm, not much uh i know we're not doing anything and whenever we send them to the dealer i don't think they're really doing much either <laughs> so let's uh let's look into it and we got on there was a two-day class up in columbus fly out there and i mean it went right over my head <laughs> at the beginning <laughs> i mean i was my head was spinning uh got back got our equipment I remember the first one I did was actually a Lexus and I was shaking. (laughs) I had no (laughs) idea. You know, it's like, what did they say in the class? Where do I even go? And to his credit, my, my boss was, he was with me on the first one. After that, it was, Hey, 
take this on, make every single one go through. We're going to, we're going to figure this out. And it was the greatest teaching experience I ever had was just getting thrown to the deep end and hey, sink or swim. We're going to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Thrown to the wolves. Right. <laughs> right. But it was, what, it worked out perfect. So what do you feel kind of attributed to your, dare I say, expertise or your, your level of knowledge within the, uh, the ADAS world or realm? What I would attribute the most would be just details as well as never giving in. Um, so case in point, I firmly believe this. I said this in all my training classes. I had a Lexus. It wasn't the first one, but it was just about probably my first month. And boss was gone Friday afternoon. And, oh, this is going to be easy. I worked on this thing for probably two and a half hours. And I could never, during the test drive, get the system to turn back on and activate. So going through my head, what's going wrong? What am I doing? What am I missing? And sure enough, just I remember I pulled over in a Denny's parking lot to think about what I missed. Sure enough, turned the car off, turned it back on, was going to head back to the shop, try it one more time before I give in and say, send this thing to a dealer. We're done here. And just from turning the car off, turning it back on, cycling the ignition, day one stuff, says it in every instruction sure enough didn't think about it but that was a huge teaching moment for me where it's like hey don't overthink it this is not rocket science this is standard day one stuff that you're overlooking because you're in a rush and thinking you know more than you do so it was very humbling and i always think about that whenever i come into any problem of all right what's the simple thing that we're overlooking yeah and I think that for me, the biggest part of it is where I get a little hesitant is I think I look beyond just the calibration and hitting the wrong button and how much is this going to cost if I, if, <laughs> if I hit right, like how much if I hit the wrong button or I go to the wrong place or, uh, oh, yeah. no, cause I've had somewhere, uh, cause I'm an Autel guy where I'll accidentally back out after I do the calibration and not save it. Mm -hmm. And then I have to start all over again. And oh, it yeah. just so happens that it's a, it's an Acura or a Honda dual calibration. So, <laughs> uh, so what I learned from that, I never take my targets down until I'm completely done. And I make sure that I have everything I need. I go back. I always double check my PDF before I do whatever I got to do with it and make sure everything's there got all my pictures. And then I shoot it over and then I take everything down. So yep. it's those little it's those little things you do right that yeah crack. I got to do all this BS again right so. Monday mistakes okay. are going to get you get you all the time and yeah. it's just <laughs> mitigating those and double checking. <laughs> yep, exactly. And you know to be honest with you, it's not. There I say it's not rocket science, right? I mean, it's not the most complicated thing, but there are circumstances and situations where it can become complicated. And oh, for sure. Like you said, you kind of got to go back to the roots. Okay, what did I miss? What what one step or what one little dumb thing like turning the key off didn't I do to complete the the cycle? Well, that and then you know, there's uh, there's a lot of vehicles that they have quirks, and the more you do them, the more you find. I mean, a big thing that I found one time was, hey, on this one Nissan, it said ensure the parking brake is applied. Sure enough. Oh, yep. Applied the parking brake and boom, went right through. You know, so, so that was just something that I always kept in the back of my head. Yeah, I had a Nissan. It was a Titan, and I could not get that thing to go, man. I'm mm -hmm. uh, uh, fought it and fought it and fought it. I checked my measurements, checked my measurements, and I ended up leaving, going back the next day. And I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna go into the filter, and I'm gonna see just go because i learned in the auto parts business you know you always go if you're having a problem you go a year back and a year forward okay. because something might be different so sure enough i think i went a year back and and there was something about it where there was a different measurement for that one year and i put it at that measurement and bam it went <laughs> always check your si yeah so and but i didn't have si at that time yeah so that was when I was doing my own thing. So now, you know, I, I'm kind of in the same boat as you are. I have access to all that stuff. So if I always have an issue, then, you know, going to SI is, is my, my go-to just to verify my measurements. Because you do see that where the Autel or the launch system won't be 
where it needs to be, even with the variances. So mm-hmm. you can fight it and fight it and fight it. And you know, guys, that's a that's a that's a great point. Brandon makes that if you have the ability to gain access to or get um, OE service information, man, I'll tell you what. If if you're going to get into this, and, and I think Brandon would agree, and and even James, that having that option, that outlet for for the OE service information, man, it can it can it can make or break you and 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 make your day much better. So okay, if you Damon. do have the option for that, look into that. Okay, Damon was saying that. Where would they? What steps would they take to get that information? Uh, I don't know. I had it thrown in my lap, Brandon. You could probably answer that better. Being you're a you're a one man show, you know you're doing your own thing. Yeah, so I actually use all data for a lot of my stuff. Um, there's a few times where I've actually had to go, especially on a Ford. I actually made a TikTok about it. Uh, I was having nothing but trouble with this uh, F three fifty AVM, hundred and ten degrees out, just burning up in my shop, and I was just beating my head against the wall. Couldn't find anything on all data, so I was like, you know what, I'm just gonna get board service for a day see what we got for i mean i punched in the vin the very first thing that popped up was special announcement recall for these cameras if they're showing a gray pattern they're done there's nothing you can do essentially inside the cameras between the lens it gets a little condensation over time and everything looks gray so i can't spot the boxes can't spot the edges day was done there was nothing i could do um, but that 40 bucks saved me another hour, another angry customer saying, you know, thought you could do this. Well, there's nothing I can do. There's nothing the dealer can do except for replace them. So that those steps, they're just going to come. Um, but having an all data subscription, Mitchell, whatever, whatever one works best for your company is definitely paramount. Even if you don't use it every day, maybe use it once a week when you need it and it's available, it's worth its weight in gold. Um, That being said, you know, I trust the, I trust the tools a lot of the time, especially on the measurements until I can't, if it's proven that something's wrong, it's boom, first failure. All right. Double check my measurements. Okay. Now let's go to all data. Let's see what we have. Maybe there's a little nugget of information, a little Easter egg hidden in there. And it's, Oh, you're supposed to actually set Toyotas to the angle, not just the measurements. Okay. So, Use my use my angle protractor, set it there. It was off by about four or five inches. Okay, perfect. Here we go. Shoot it. Zeros across the board. Problem solved. Yeah, and, and I've, I've even run into cases where all data has been a little off. But I have, mm-hmm. <clears throat> excuse me, I have the convenience of having both with me. But I, I, I all data is always my first go to. Um, well, with with all verify. data being off. There's times where they'll put out a statement and that was six months ago. Well, it hasn't been updated yet, you know, so the most current is always going to be directly from the manufacturer as always, but that's not always the number one choice, right? It can get a little expensive going that route. And and like Brandon said, you can go, I don't know, you, you probably know the outlets better. Maybe we can get those from you, Brandon, and you can share them, but like GM and Ford's. You can go buy like a one day subscription for like 40, like you said, 40 bucks or oh, yeah. 65 bucks and have that to get you through what you need. But you can also get, you know, if you got the money, get a, a full year subscription and have it at your mm-hmm. call at your disposal. Yeah. Which, you know, I, you know, if for my business, I'm lucky enough that, hey, I can have the option to do both. When I need it, I go straight to the OEM nine times out of 10. You know, the all data can get me exactly what I need. Yeah, yeah, and it's like like we said, guys, that's a great tool to have. Um, and I would imagine just typing all data um, into your Google search, and it's going to get you where you need to go, and you can sign up and and just have that. I'm a firm believer in tools. Better to have it and not need it than need it and not have it. So, absolutely, definitely, definitely look look into that if if you're if you're thinking of going beyond. Uh, the auto glass part of the calibration. So um, I guess, Brendan, let's uh, let's just delve into the liabilities. I think it's one of the things we had talked about. So what do you, what, what, what is your look outlook on, on liability, the liabilities we hold doing these calibrations, especially like 
what we do, right? We're in the body shops doing uh, 360s and, and, and forward collisions and, and AEBs and BSNs. What, what's, what's, what's your outlook on that? Yeah, so starting off um, in my career, I was strictly doing LDW forward-facing cameras, and liability was ensuring that, you know, hey, we replaced the windshield. It's a no-brainer. We have to do this. Um, the company I was with, we even set standards of, hey, if it's a cash customer, for, for, for example, if they weren't going to pay, you know, didn't want to pay for it, there was an entirely different conversation that took place of, look, we have to do this or we may not be able to help you out. We may need to send you to somebody else just because the liability factor is so high. With these systems, you know, at its base core, they're driver's assistance systems. They are not classified as a safety system yet. That's an important distinction because it starts the layer upon layer upon layer of gray documentation. The best thing you can do is to get it done properly. Do the calibrations. If it's vague, do it. We'll deal with later, you know, oh, well, you really shouldn't have done it there. I don't care. I wanted to make sure that the work was right. That's really what we're doing. We're ensuring that, hey, this, when it comes to forward-facing cameras, it was set properly. We used primer. We used everything per the manufacturer. And we guaranteed that that camera is looking exactly where it should be. The problem is customers do not really know how these systems are supposed to operate. And at the end of the day, if we give it back to them and we don't know if it's right, they don't know if it's right, they're going to take it to our friend, Mr. Dealer, and then we're down the road, right? We're, we're kind of up the creek. So ensuring that everything's done as best as it possibly can is really the only way to do this. Once you start kind of cutting corners, you really put yourself out there on the edge. And as a business owner, I don't see the upside in doing that. Um, when you get into calibrations, you do it for two reasons, you know, liability coverage and revenue stream. But they have to go in that order. If you start flipping that around and you're only thinking about the money, you're going to cut corners, you're going to make mistakes, and then it's going to bite you. You know, there's just no two ways around it. I know there's a lot of people that are going to kick back on that, and that's fine. You're, you're entitled to your opinions, but at the end of the day, I want to make sure it's done to the highest standard possible as efficiently as possible. Yeah, and I think that the number one reason people get into it is for the revenue stream, right? Mm -hmm. If they leave that as the priority, then, then they're putting themselves at, at that risk. And unfortunately, and unfortunately, it's that one person or those, those, that one place or whatever it be that does it backwards that puts the whole industry as, in, in, a, in a predicament. I'd have and, get, to agree, and, ca yeah. and causes causes us all issues. You know, it's like good cop, bad cop, right? There's there's always got to be one or two bad ones in the in the batch. So, and just and making sure that you know, on that point, setting yourself to a higher standard is never a bad thing, right? Yeah. And it just gives you a little bit more pride in the work that you do show. Um, there's always going to be you know, there's always going to be a guy that I can do it for cheaper, I can do it faster. That's fine. Don't lower yourself and lower your quality. That I, I just don't see any. I don't see any positives in that. Yeah. Well, the 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 positive for them is is it takes less time. They do less work and they just make more money. <laughs> right. Right. I mean, yep. that, that's you get down to the the nitty gritty of it. I mean, for me, that's what what I see. So. Oh, for sure. So so you always hear about people say, um, "Well, I'll sign something. I'll sign something." I'll sign something. And uh, when we when we had Ryan from Apex on in California, he made a really good point. He's like, you know, yeah, you may sign something as my customer. I guess who didn't sign anything? The person that you hit, mm -hmm. right? The accident that you caused, that third-party victim, right? Because ultimately, they're the victim of whatever whatever occurred. So that piece of paper is pretty much just kindling in a fire. It doesn't stand up to anything because at the end of the day, you know where it's going to end up on our laps. Yeah. And, <laughs> and you know, it's like the auto industry, who was the last person to work on it? You always go back to the last person to work on it. So 
no matter what well, you sign or any document, it's just it's just going to be kindling in a fire. So I don't or, I, I don't I don't agree with that. I it, it's tough it's tough to do, but sometimes you got to err on the side of caution and just if if the customer actually absolutely refuses the service, then sorry, we're not going to be able to help you. Hundred you know? percent. Yeah, I and mean it's, the... it sucks to lose out on that revenue, but but when you're doing it right and you have you have your priority of doing it right over your revenue and you can sleep at night, then, then just, you know, I can give you, <laughs> I wouldn't even recommend another shop. I would just say you're better off just going down the road and, and finding someone that's willing to do the work for you. I, I, we can't, it's, it's just not the way we work. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, you know, when it comes to once again, the, the waiver conversation, uh, Yes, the person that you hit, they didn't sign it. The kid that was in the back seat when your when your son or daughter took the car out, they didn't sign it. The person you sell yep. the car to in two years, they have yep. no idea that the system might not be working. I, yep. as the industry continues to advance and develop, I one hundred percent am a believer that this is going to be standard maintenance, just like you know, oil change, tire rotation, alignment, all that stuff. ADAS is going to be included in that just to ensure that everything is functioning properly. Well, right not to interrupt, now, you, not to yeah, interrupt you, but but really it is. If you look at Ford SI mm -hmm. and Nissan SI, if you have the car aligned, technically, big oh, yeah. brand, discount tire, Sears, if, I mean, anybody that does an alignment on a vehicle should technically be aligning that vehicle before it leaves their shop. Oh, absolutely. But who's... Who's gonna want to? Who's gonna want to pay an extra two hundred and fifty bucks or whatever the price may be for a dynamic calibration on top of an alignment? It's just, it's just not gonna happen. How oh, and that if it's just a camera, there's cameras, radars. Then you got yeah. your AVM included yeah, you, in yeah. it. I mean, yeah, it, yeah. it can be a, right? it can get there. Yeah, How like, far? like, like. Sorry, go ahead, go ahead Damon. Sorry. Go ahead, oh, I was just gonna say, you know, like on a Honda, if that vehicle, SI states, if that vehicle has any structural damage mm -hmm. including the doors you call you you calibrate the lane keep even if it's the back of the car you calibrate the lane keep you calibrate the bsms right bumper off check your angles mm -hmm. you do your seat weight sensor and you do your all sensor yep it's just a given so if that thing gets any any sort of structural damage technically you should be doing all those per honda si so funny, funny thing you bring up Honda. I actually had a situation a couple weeks ago uh, with one of my biggest accounts called me up and said, hey, remember that CRV did the front radar on? Yep. I also did a ABS all sensor. Oh, yeah. OK, whatever. Um, yeah. The guy had to take it to Honda. He said that there were lights coming up. It's like, Well, there let me pull up the report. It had ABS codes beforehand. Hey, you know what? Let's do a relearn. Make sure all these codes are gone. Make sure everything's functioning properly before we even do the front radar. Did the front radar, all was good, test drove it, works great. Well, took it into Honda. Of course, they don't have any scans. They have no record of the scan. You know, we don't we don't do that, blah, 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 whatever. But I told my account, I was like, hey, that guy's having issues with his ABS. He goes, oh, no, they said the front radar needed to be aligned. It's like, well, every Honda front radar just about is a manual adjustment, especially on CRVs. I know we're getting away from glass, but yeah, no, that's, that's <laughs> go for it, man. That's why we're here. The dealer just, oh yeah, we had to adjust it. It was off just a hair. I was like, well, yeah, it's off by just a hair on every single Honda. You have to adjust it. No okay, matter so, what I'm using, you're using, we're going to have to make a small adjustment yeah, here or there. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, there's always that, excuse me, there's always that variances, which is something else that another topic we were going to go into, but on those Honda, those, those forward collisions, you know, you set them up and you, you got to get within your, your variations. Mm -hmm. And if it's in that variation, you hit the next button and it calibrates and you're, you're, you've, you've done your, your due diligence, right? I mean, yeah. Point one point one degree vertical and horizontal and it's yep. locked in. Plus or minus, yep, plus or minus, yep. <laughs> yep. Yep. Good to go. Just like a Nissan, you know, the forward radar when they're adjustable, it's gotta be point point two five or, or below, you know. Mm -hmm. It's just you gotta hit that number. And once you hit that number, it's and really <clears throat> and I think that was one of the things I wanted to cover with you was like what are you doing to kind of digress a little bit? So you get to your job, 
right? You, hey, the car's over there. Pictures, like kind of what's your, if, if there's something you don't want to give away that you do, but that's no. like your process. You get there, you get, you got your spot that you take the car to, right? And from that point, um, I know what I do, you know, mm-hmm. what, what do you, what do you do? And this is guys, this is on the calibration side in the collision centers, right? Like, but some of these things on the glass side, everybody should technically be doing right. Tire pressures, uh, yeah. load in the car. So, so you, Brandon, you, you go, what, what do you do? So whenever I get to, um, I can actually use Friday. I'm going through some of my reports from last week and I actually have one pulled up here is a 21 Tacoma front radar. Um, get the vehicle, talk to the management. Hey, what was done to it? What was changed? I know I got your entire, you know, right up in here, the work order, but you tell me what was done and then we'll go from there. Um, grab the vehicle. He tells me what we got. I always kind of use one of two areas at their location. I have a shop as well, but a lot of my work is mobile because these shops have the space to do it and just easier. So get set up, do a full walk around of the vehicle double check, make sure that everything is put back together. I check tire pressure pretty consistently, um, especially if, you know, something might look off or if the tires are a little bit worn, uh, get plugged in after the walk around. If I see any damage, most of the time that's already been addressed, but if not snap pictures, Hey, you guys saw this here. Might want to take a look at this before you send it out. But once the tablets connected and vehicles in accessory mode, I start getting everything together. So while it's running its pre-scan, I normally already have everything set up um, unless it is a weird one where Honda needs a perimeter check or something. But I mean, I'm looking at my report here. I got to the, got to the job at 126, ran the pre-repair calibration post repair. And I was done by 129. And that's not, I mean, Toyota's are pretty, pretty set, pretty straightforward. Yeah. But, that's just one where it's like, hey, I know the I know the cone's gonna need to be set up, three thousand from the front bumper, get my center line, I still plumb bob front and rear, no matter what. Um, and measure everything out, drop a point, drop the radar cone, and away we go. Once the scan's done, check for any for any kind of codes. And if we're green, go ahead and do it. Um, one thing I would like to, you know, free tidbit for everybody out there, whenever it comes to a pre-scan, pre-repair, whatever you want to call it, always remember AAPT stands for anything ADOS, ABS, power steering, or TPMS. That is where you really need to look and spend the most time checking before you try and do any calibration. Doesn't matter if it's a front radar, a blind spot, whatever anything ados recal related check those areas because yeah i'm just doing the windshield but if there's a confirmed or an active code on the abs system you're not going anywhere yeah we, we that, don't need to even do the windshield yet. Yep. <laughs> yep. all that stuff all that stuff works works in in, in conjunction so if one doesn't mm-hmm. work then nothing's going to function and you might and you might get calibration complete when you yep. turn that system off and you cycle that ignition, like Brandon said, and turn it back on, guess what? You ain't got no calibration. And that's that's one thing from, you know, being being in the position I was at, um, you know, doing trainings. That was the biggest thing that I would try and hit on is, guys, this pre-scan, pre-repair, this is the most important step in this whole process. If you overlook this or uh, we'll do the windshield and then we'll come back and do all the computer work later, whenever, you know, that guy's around, you're really kind of putting yourself out there on your liability because once, once knife hits glue and you start cutting out that windshield, whatever problems that car has, if you haven't addressed them yet, they're your problems. Um, And I always err on the side of caution of, Hey, even if it's a phone call or putting it up on Facebook, hey, I'm running into these codes, anybody think I should stop? What, what do we got? It's above my pay grade, right? I don't know. Always do your due diligence to check and at least ask the question because I've seen a lot of guys, all right, well, where's your, you know, when I was working tech support, all right, where's your pre-scan? Oh, yeah, we did this windshield on Friday. I'm just here to do the calibration today. It's like, oof. 
All right. What codes were there? Oh, there's a code on the camera, but I erased it. No. Why? All right. Okay. You know, it's like every layer of coverage you're getting, you're just throwing away. Yeah. We need that stuff. <laughs> we need to know it. And I think you, that's probably one of the things that stuck with me that you said in the training back was, you know, the codes, right? Like making sure not to erase the codes that, mm-hmm. that don't go away. For sure. That aren't related to the ADOS system. And like you said, you know, your acronym that you, your AA, AAPT, making sure that those are still there because then when they try to come back on you, you can say, nope, look right here. Here's, here's my pre-scan and my post-scan. And you had that code before I even touched the car. So. Yeah. I mean, how many times have you replaced a windshield? And then two days later, yeah, you replaced the windshield. Now my radio doesn't work. What'd you do? (laughs) What what do you mean? (laughs) My taillights don't work. Yeah. Where, you know, there'll be an, there could be an intermittent code for radio frequency or an antenna that you just hit quick erase on. Well, no, we don't want to quick erase everything. If you didn't work on it, don't clear it. If it had 20 codes in 20 different modules before you got started, but hey, I got my windshield replaced and now I got zero codes. Well, they didn't do any of that work, right? If you didn't work on the antenna or the radio, don't clear it out. It's still the problem with the car. And you're just taking ownership whenever, you know, it comes to insurance of, yep, I cleared it out. Everything is good. Give it a clean bill of health. Well, that's not always the best thing. Yeah. So you brought up ABS codes. Um, Any ABS code, you need to stop and have it addressed right then. And same with the steering sensor angle. Like, do you need to have it addressed right then? Or how would you proceed with that? Is it all ABS codes? Is it continuous memory? Is it current? What do you look for there? Um, primarily current. If you see anything is current, it is hard stop for me. Um, anything that's intermittent or a history code, do some information, check the codes, pull it up on SI, um, do your due diligence and okay, well, this was, he got an alignment or the shop took it in to get an alignment and they just never reset the steering angle sensor. I can do that. Let's just knock that out, add it to the bill and away we go. But if it's got a hard code for, you know, um, you know, a current code on the ABS system or the power steering, right? Hey, we're, we're stopping. Uh, I'm not moving forward. I'm not going to attempt this. Whether it goes or not doesn't really make a difference in my mind. Let's get the car right before it comes to me. On the collision side, you know, you are the last check of the vehicle. Regardless of the 10 other people that worked on it, it all comes down to essentially you because – it's you, detail, and then that car's gone. So for me, I always err with extreme caution. And if there's something that I just don't even feel comfortable with, hey, get on the phone, get this thing up to GM, Ford, Toyota, what have you, because you got a current code here. I'm not moving forward until this gets addressed. Cool. That's the yep. answer to my question. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think I think this is probably where um, we might stir some feathers, and this might take up uh, the remainder of, of today's show. hopefully our of, of today's show, right? So I think uh, we Let's might end up, we we might end up uh, bouncing into another hour or two, maybe. But this is uh, probably a a big topic. So calibrations, right? Mobile, right? Outside. <laughs> versus hang on let me put my gloves on brandon i'm i'm yep. I'm, uh, I'm ready and and we we probably will all agree and disagree but y- just you go like just d- dig in put your cleats in and and go so we're specifically referring to forward facing cameras being done controlled environment versus outside yes i would say you know, auto glass let's like yep. mm-hmm. keep this specific to auto glass right because i think that this is a huge huge topic that really needs to be addressed so in my humble opinion we'll start there humble or humble. honest <laughs> honest to say honest. honest to say honest i would not recommend performing a forward-facing camera calibration outside for any reason whatsoever. Um, There's a couple points I'd really like to hit on. 
Liability. We just talked about it. If you are breaking essentially rule number one on any of these factory SIs, your liability's gone. Yeah, you did it. You got a report to say success, but how many rules did you break to get that to go? That's the same as, oh, we're just going to move the target around until it says green, right? It doesn't make it doesn't make sense in my mind. Um, so you throw your liability out the window right away. I understand that every business is different and owners have to make decisions that are best for their business. Totally understand that. If you're going to go that road, you should really think twice about getting into recalibrations. Uh, just that's where I that's where I stand on the matter. Um, I liken it very much to, you know, oh, yeah, well. I set this windshield by myself. I probably shouldn't have. Oh, I forgot to use any primer. And well, it's in there. And it, I mean, the glue's holding. So there's no leaks. We'll, we're fine. We're fine. You know, I, I kind of look at it in that light. So you, I try not to be the, you know, keyboard warriors that you would see where it's, you know, do it right or don't do it at all. But there's a lot of truth in that. And these systems people do rely on. Um, if you're cutting corners, you're making mistakes. There's, there's no two ways around it. Um, but I know there's a lot of people that, Oh, well, I've been doing it outside for two years and never had any issues. Well, that you know of, um, no offense. You don't know what that camera's seeing. You don't know what it's picking up in the background and deciding is a target or not. One thing a lot of people don't look at is these cameras are not, 4k hd cameras they're very very crude they really only see in black and white most of them that's why all the targets are black and white so if you're relying on oh well the tablet said it's good well did you follow all the rules because even on this aftermarket tablet it's going to tell you make sure that you are in a controlled environment flat floors well even smooth lighting all those words are there, whether you're using an Autel launch or an Optium, whatever you're using, those rules don't change. So if you're going to be doing this, I would highly, highly recommend that you invest in a location that you can use. Now, if you're strictly mobile, there's ways of doing this right, right? You can get with maybe a collision center that's got a big detail bay. Hey, I know you got this space. You're not washing cars all day. Is this something that maybe I can pay rent on, give you some kickback from what I get from the calibrations just to use this area? You know, you got a buddy who owns a storage container. Hey, you got a 30, 40 foot storage container that I can, you know, drive up to. I'll get a key. I'll split half on rent with you. You know, there's ways of doing it. Um, I know I'm probably getting people are getting their pitchforks ready, but it, <laughs> it just, well, I get here. frustrated. <laughs> about this topic <laughs> yeah and sorry not to mean to cut you off because this just hit nope. my head okay so where i share the same opinion you do with the whole controlled environment and everything right explain the difference between a dynamic camera and a static camera because that dynamic camera even if it's seeing black and white it is performed outside with mm -hmm. that uneven lighting so why is the static camera different than a dynamic camera you know what i mean with picking up background images uneven light different road surfaces and uh, things like that. Like what is the main difference between those two cameras? Yeah. So whenever you do a dynamic calibration, what the camera is essentially doing is it's picking up the edges of the lines. It's not looking at the entire line itself. It just wants to see the inside edge, outside edge. So as you're driving and you're going down that straight road, all the instructions say, Hey, flat, straight road. Don't drive that direct sunlight. Right? Well, all the same rules apply. Um, when you're doing a static, it's looking at the edges of the box. Mm -hmm. That's really about it. So as you're driving in a dynamic, it's picking up the lines and it's okay, let's just keep going. We're going to save, 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 save. Most of them, it will be kind of a quote unquote dual, like a GM. Mm -hmm. It'll get to 90% and then it'll stall. It's checking everything that it just learned. And Hey, I know I picked this up as my zero point. I picked this up as my left. This is my right. Let's check and make sure that that's real. Okay, it's real. Save, test done, system comes back online. So whenever I have a choice of doing a static or a dynamic, I prefer to do statics. Um, 
So like on your Hyundai Kias, on a lot of the Mazdas, I can get it done quicker. And I know without having to drive the thing for 30, 40 minutes sometimes that it's there, it's working, quick test drive, five, 10 minutes, bring it back, keys to the customer and away we go. Um, There's more that you can control. And if there's an error, it can be addressed quicker than, all right, pull out, find a road, drive for 20 minutes. Oh, it says it failed. All right, we got to head back to the shop. And you just get into a loop where it's, oh, hey, we got a bad bracket. I can see it's twisted. Get a new one, replace it again, done. You don't burn up all the time or the customer's fuel. Okay. Like I said, I just wanted to, because a camera is essentially the same thing as what you use to take pictures with. It's just taking light in and processing an image. So yep. I was just wondering, well, you know, I, my question was answered. Thank you. <laughs> no problem. Sorry. Sometimes I ramble. Oh, that's good. That's what we want. We want a learning process here. I'm glad, I'm glad you mentioned the dynamic versus static because I was gonna, that was actually one of the questions I was going to ask you. And I'm, I'm in the same boat as you. I, if, if it, there's a static option, I always shoot static. Always, mm-hmm. always shoot static. Yeah, and going through going through all a lot of the Facebook pages, the one thing that you know it it always sticks out to me. I'll see it, almost every day. I'll see one. It's a Honda or an Acura. Keep getting mounting angle incorrect. You know, that's one where it's like, yeah, that's a bad bracket. It could be a bad bracket. We got to check that. You know, pre-inspections are very crucial just as much as a pre-repair report. You know, you have to look and see, all right, this is the original glass. What does it look like? Is there any identifying marks on Honda? Another free giveaway. There's two little dots in the bottom corners of that camera. Test it out on your new piece of glass. If you don't see those little dots, the camera is not seated in the mount correctly or the mount could be incorrect itself. We have to check these things before we start cutting it out because once it's out, we're stuck. What are we going to do? Oh, they're not going to take a return because it's got, you know, we, we can't prove that it was a bad bracket, right? Most most distributors now, they kind of have gotten on to, hey, if it didn't calibrate, swap it out. Let's give them a new one. Um, but there are still some holdovers. And there's guys that, you know, they don't want to go through the hassle of that. I get it. You can avoid that by doing a thorough pre-inspection and paying attention to what it looked like when it came in compared to what you have on your new glass. And so many times in the auto glass industry, you hear or see, man, I had to do that like three times. Mm-hmm. Well, you shouldn't have done it the first time because if you would have inspected your your product, yep. you, maybe, you maybe could have seen that there was an issue or you could have seen that that wire was broken or that that, that obviously standing back and looking at that camera bracket that it was crooked mm-hmm. right like do yourself a favor because if there's anything i hate doing is doing something twice when i don't have to oh yeah i mean you can pay, you, you can pay me to redo someone else's error because you're going to pay me but you know and i'm going to make sure so many times hey i can't do this and we're all guilty of it right present mm-hmm. company included probably james mm-hmm. too mm-hmm. of cutting the windshield out and then oh shit <laughs> for I didn't sure. check it. Fuck yeah. I didn't see. I didn't. I didn't see that bracket was broken. Oh. So what do you do? Yeah. You can't put the old windshield back in because it's probably busted to shit. So you got to put the new one in, and then you got to let it sit for ten to fourteen days, and then you got to mm-hmm. get the new windshield, and then you got to like you're doing all these things twice, and it's like, man, I could have prevented that, and I could have probably gotten two or three jobs done in that same time frame and made more money, but now I'm I'm losing money. So if there's well, anything, guys, check. Just check, especially some of the stuff that's coming out of, you know, these manufacturers today. Check your product before you do anything. Make sure everything matches. Make sure it has all the attachments before you even put your hands on the car. And 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 it's just it's so important, especially with all the the attachments on the glass nowadays. Just do yourself a favor. Well, and one that really sticks out in my head from when I was a tech, um, Cadillacs in. The late 2010, so like 2016 to 2019, they had interchange parts where, yeah, it'll fit. And there's three listed that are LDW. Well, one has the camera shifted about two inches over. One has it over here. And I got bit a couple times um, out in the field where I get there. And, you know, whenever 
the install is already done, I catch it later in the day. Hey, I can't even see the camera. The camera is only half <laughs> halfway in the opening. This is the wrong part. I don't even need to plug in. There's nothing to do here. But yeah. I got bit one time for not checking that. And I drove that thing for probably 40 minutes before. I was like, what is going on? Pull over. It's like, oh, that'll do it. Hey, boss, we're going to need a new part out here. <laughs> <That's what's wrong. laughs> Problem solved. You know, and I think like probably another uh, topic we could delve into maybe a little bit is like the Honda dual calibrations, right? Mm-hmm. You can you can get you can get a successful dual, I mean a successful static, mm-hmm. but you're that doesn't guarantee you a successful dynamic. Correct. Um, a lot of times, especially on, I think they're moving away from them now, but Hondas they always had the driver's side hook, the passenger side kind of rotates up and in, and it's just a little spring holding the camera level. And a lot of times you would get that static as complete. And then if it's not done on the dynamic within about three to four minutes, something's not right. So whenever, you know, whenever I would see guys on Facebook or when I was working tech support and I get that, man, I've been driving this Honda for like 50 minutes. How long does this thing take? It's, Hey, turn around, go back to your shop. We're head back, (laughs) get that case uncovered. That camera is probably crooked. That's where you go and you double check your double check the dots in the corner of the camera opening. You know, we can see most of the time like, hey, I can see that camera's hanging down, which means it's not finding that right hand side at all. You know, we got a bad part. And what really stinks whenever guys get into this is, you know, I saw it on the sales side a lot. They expect every single one to go through without issue. Because that's what they saw in the demo. It worked, right? It, <laughs> it, it, it went through. There was no problems. Yeah, not everyone is going to be, you know, rainbows. It's going to happen. Um, and it's unrealistic to ever think that it won't. But the biggest thing is double-checking your parts. You know, I'm not one of those guys who it's OE or nothing. That's ridiculous. You know, especially in the glass world, you, you really can't live like that. There's a lot of times where, yeah, the only part you can get is an OE part. It has to come from them. But I've seen OE parts fail just as many times as I've seen aftermarket parts fail. It, it happens. Yeah. So double-checking your work beforehand is going to save about 95% of your headaches. But once again, back to that Monday morning mistake, they're gonna, there's going to be times where it gets missed. But if you can yeah. mitigate that as best as possible, you're going to be doing a lot better. Yeah. Yeah. Once you're in a hurry, you're in a hurry or you're you're working HUA and just or you're thinking about three jobs ahead, right? Yeah. It's yeah, it, right. You're yep. you're thinking about yep. where am I gonna grab lunch and then oh man, I got a I got a twenty forty, I got a fifteen forty nine, I got all this stuff, I gotta get to my kids' baseball game. Like there's a lot going on and then it's oh man. I just put the wrong windshield in this Cadillac. <laughs> yeah. Hey, easy, 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 ADAS guy throwing out all those windshield numbers. Check yeah. Hey, <laughs> I, I got my time on the glass world as well. That's right. <laughs> hey, what, uh, Brandon, what is your definition of a controlled environment? Because a lot of the SIs don't really lay out what a controlled environment actually is. Um, so what is your definition of a controlled environment? Well, whenever you're looking at the SI you got to realize and remember that they wrote that for their service techs just to ensure, Hey, service tech that I've never met, do this in your bay, do this here. Don't take it out into the lot because there's more room. Right? So that's where they keep it vague. My ideal controlled environment would be a shop of some kind, an interior room, an interior area where I can control lighting, I can control shading, I can control background. You know, I can control if I'm in a shop of taking some cardboard and putting it behind a target just to make it stand out a little bit better so the camera can see it. If I'm in a driveway or if I'm in, you know, a parking lot, I can't control the car that just drove behind my stand. I can't control, hey, there's a tree right behind my car and it's just putting, you know, you're seeing shadows all over the place. You can't really control that very well without pop-up tents, drop tarps, you know, that stuff I can maybe get behind. Like, yeah, you're trying to control it as best you can, but end of the day, 
you're never going to beat just having a set area that, hey, I know it's flat. I know I have room. I know that my lighting is smooth. You know, it's real easy for me to be able to, hey, shut the garage door. We got afternoon sun coming in. You know, those are just creature or uh, those are comfort points, right? Hey, I know that this is good. So then if we do have a problem, it mitigates it down to, is it maybe a bracket? Is there something else? Did I measure from the wrong spot? You know, all those things come into play. But controlled environment for me, you know, sorry, guys. Once again, it's going to be a shop. I, I, I guess to, to, to tail off of that, Brandon, mm-hmm. talking about, like, planes, right, like, level ground, like, you, you would put, for me, part of your controlled environment is, is, is the ground you're working on, right? Like, yeah. So what do you say if I say, well, the car and the and the stand are on the same plane? I can get behind that. Um, you know, it's not every day that you're going to be able to put the vehicle, you know, on an alignment rack and ensure everything is smooth and steady, right? So if you're on the same plane, that's good in my book. You know, you really just want to stay away from major dips, right? You don't want to set the stand. Oh, well, you know, there was a... 10,000 pound compressor that used to be in this area and oh the stands sitting right on it now all of our measurements are messed up right we're we're trying to hit a bullet with a bullet and if one's at a higher plane but oh i could just crank it down until it goes no that's that's not being accurate in my book um so same plane you got me where you're gonna run into issues with that would be doing any kind of radar work um because now you're trying to match angles and that's just going to bite you. Um, it's it's going to fight you the whole way through. So front camera stuff, if you're on the same plane, you should be fine. Make sure your stand's level. Make sure the vehicle's as level as you can get it. Um, now, the one caveat to that, I'm sure you guys have probably run into this in the field. The new 2023 Kia Sportage is probably the most difficult car out there right now. They tighten their variance ranges from it used to I believe off the top of my head it was I think one or two degrees um, of perfectly level and straight. Um, now it's down to like point one or two degrees. So mm. I actually was helping the company that I was with. They had one that they just could not get to go through. We didn't know if it was software or what it was. And sure enough, we had to find the perfect spot in the shop, an area that I mean I've done couple hundred if not a couple thousand calibrations in this shop and i had never used that spot before and that's the only spot where it works they've now done i think six or seven and it's like yep as long as we put it right there back it in we're good so is that is that the lane keep camera yes sir well so. see, i've i've ran into some kias because like i said i'm i'm autel mm-hmm. I'm, 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 i use my autel for everything but I know that some of the newer Kias, Hondas, I always say Honda, Honda, Kia, and Genesis, Genesis more, even the older ones, you have to have a, a OE software to be able to do work on them. Some of the cameras won't allow the Autel to even get in and, and, and um, work. Uh, would that be like for the 23s, 24s? Yeah, yeah, the new, new ones, yeah. Which I can see to an extent, I mean, doesn't matter what tool you're using, anything that's brand new, they change things for a reason. They put up firewalls for a reason, you know, and that's, that's the, the constant struggle of, you know, aftermarket tools is you're constantly on your toes just because we got the 2023 Sportage. Well, they might change one thing in their coding and nope, can't even communicate with the 24 now. And they're looking at the vehicle as a whole. Um, a lot of, a lot of glass guys, Hey, I just care about, I, I care about the camera. I don't care if I can, you know, go in and get diag information off the engine. Well, the tool manufacturer does, they need to make sure that everything's working. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, there's yeah, always going to be a time. I mean, for my business today, I use launch for about 90% of what I do, but that other 10%, I just go straight to OE. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Brandon, we're coming up on like almost an hour, um, and there's some other things I think that I, we didn't really even hit on, um, um, like lifted and lowered. I know we were going to delve into that SEMA study mm-hmm. um, and some other things. I think we could probably get another hour in, but 
Um, and then we all have to go do work today, except for James Chapman, who doesn't. <laughs> lucky, lucky, lucky sucker, right? Oh, you. But I that. think I think uh, <laughs> I I think that uh, we 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 made a good start today. But I definitely think we'll uh, we're going to reconvene and uh, and go over probably another hour or so worth of topics. So uh, with that, um, I think James, did you have anything else for Brandon? Uh, not right now. I think this could actually be a three-parter if need be, but uh, definitely let's let's uh, let's hit another another show for the uh, next uh, few topics. And uh, if we think of anything in the meantime with to cover, let's get ready to do that as well. Yeah, and I was thinking maybe maybe when we post this show, we can uh, maybe um, impose if anybody wants to throw out a comment or a question, we can maybe tackle that with Brandon. Okay. Yeah, do maybe try that. Yeah, right. Yeah, like, hey, we're gonna we're gonna shoot for show two. If you've listened to show one, if you have any questions or comments, right? Keep them keep them nice, but we'd love to hear them and and tackle them and uh, maybe continue this on a couple more shows. So, but hey, Brandon, we truly truly appreciate you coming on the show with us and getting this little break off spinning uh with the ados side of the industry because that's kind of kind of like you right now that's what i'm doing for mm-hmm. my day to day so um and it's we think it's very important that we tackle this because it's going to be a huge part of of the industry moving forward right and as cars become more autonomous and and um we're, we're going to have to work on these things and and um the one thing is that I, I feel is, is you, you can never stop learning. There's always going to no. be in, in any, in anything you do, right. They, they told us as police officers back in the day, if, if you think you know everything, then you might as well just put your badge and your gun aside and, and walk away because you're never, everything is, it's, it's an ever changing, always evolving world. And it's, it's, you have to keep learning, keep learning, keep learning, keep learning. And, and if people have the opportunity to take a course or or come across someone like you, Brandon, that has this wealth of knowledge, take advantage of it and grow, right? Like you're not afraid to have that conversation. Like, hey, let me help you, man. Like I, I, you're a person like us, you want the job done right. So you're willing to yeah. go outside of, you know, your, your, your book and, and help people so that they do the job right. Because that's what you want at the end of the day. So um, I think that we keep going on this and, and, uh, we ruffle some more feathers. <laughs> right. And I just wanted to say, you know, thank you guys for reaching out. I know Damon, you and I were going back and forth trying to get something scheduled out for it. <laughs> busy, um, busy. Yeah, we're, we're all there, but yeah. I've been listening to you guys um, quite a few of the episodes and I really love what you're doing and anything I can do to jump in and, you know, maybe make somebody upset uh that we can do that as well <laughs> hey if, if, if it upsets them then they've closed off their mind to learning yeah and they're not <laughs> and they might they might not be doing it right and we're not saying that everything we say is the right way no but we're basing what we say and do off of the knowledge and the questions that we ask like you know, I probably drove you nuts calling you when you worked at Launch Brandon, but I, I'm, I like to ask questions, right? Like, no question. The only dumb question is the one you don't ask. So, oh, for sure. You, you, you know, you only you only know what you know. So, if you don't know, then ask the question. Well, and the biggest thing that you know, my big push um, now that I'm off on my own is just expanding the knowledge base and expanding the access and availability of this deeper information that, you know, most guys that the tech in the field, he just wants the job done, you know, but there's a lot going on with these cars. And like you said it, you're never going to stop learning, but there's not a whole lot of avenues for that out there right now. Yeah. And like, like a 2019 Kia is not the same as a 2023 Kia Sportage. I mean, they're different, mm-hmm. right? It's not. It's not the same. So if, if you're if you're like James said, if you're if you're not open minded, you're just going to fight and fight and fight and fight and fight, and you're going to be mad at the process mm-hmm. when you should be mad at yourself because you're not paying attention to what's going on right in front of your face. Yeah. So with that, I digress. James Chapman, back to you. 
All right. Well, guys, thank you for listening. And uh, I stay tuned for the uh, outro because I will give you the information on the ProSet, which is our sponsor this month. Again, thank you, Brandon. Thank you, Damon, for doing this. Thank this you, Brandon. Segment, so. yep. Thank you, guys. Yo, that was uh, Put Them on the Glass podcast. My goodness, was that a good one. Hey, Brandon came out swinging. We've got uh, a couple more episodes with that. That might actually turn into a whole other segment for uh, Damon and just, just anybody. Okay, so today we are brought to you by ProSet and the distributor of the ProSet, Drift Chris. So if you need a ProSet, what you need to do is you need to get a hold of Drift at texasglassbiz at gmail.com. T-E-X-A-S-G-L-A-S-S-B-I-Z at gmail.com. Or you could call him at 830-388-3994. He has all ProSets ready to ship. Within two weeks, you'll get your product. Um, he has parts, replacement parts, anything you need. And I use the ProSet. It is the last setting tool you'll need to buy. So thank you so much for listening to us. You don't know how much this means to us. Thank you. Yeah.